Spartan Book Club, October 2014, the complete stories and poems of Edgar Allan Poe. Happy belated Halloween, everyone. It's Zan saying hello for the Spartan Book Club. Yes, it's Halloween is finished. It is November, and we only have two more books after this to read, unless you count Go the Fuck to Sleep as a actual book, but that's only like 10 pages, so we're kind of something else. But either way, we got two books left, and we're almost finished. And after this one today... We'll see how it goes. Now, beforehand, if you're listening for the first time, welcome. I am Zan, the host of the Sparkin' Book Club and all the other podcasts found at www.sparkin.com. Some podcasts inventing reviews about connectively enhanced narratives. We've been around for almost six and a half years, and we're still going strong. Now, the book club, what the deal is, every episode we talk about a book we were supposed to read for the entire month. And this month is a very special month because we're actually doing an anthology of one author's works. Unlike the last couple of anthologies where it's multiple authors, multiple concepts, this is based on one man. And who am I talking about? Well, we're talking about that great American author himself, Edgar Allan Poe. The guy who was born in 1809 died in 1849. He died at 40 years old, which is sadly eight years older than me. So if that's the case, I better fucking not die at that age. I'll be very depressed and sad. Don't make me sick. But anyway, he was a very macabre and depressing person. I mean, on the one hand, he is a great literary critic. He was a great author, great editor, great poet. And he's responsible for creating the detective genre in American culture. And, more point that, he's the master of the macabre poem. And he has a little bit of a hand in working on sci-fi stuff. I know, crazy, you think, oh, Edgar Allan Poe, he's that guy who wrote that poem about the raven, right? Yeah. Besides working on the raven, he worked on several other artistic tales and poems and essays. I mean, his most notable, I'm going to say, my personal favorite, is The Cast of Amontillado. But he also worked on The Murders at Rue Morgue. He worked on The Gold Bug. He worked on A Valentine, The Beloved Physician, Deep in Earth, which is an incomplete story, but it's kind of creepy and strange. He also worked on... The story about El Dorado. He worked on this one story which was called Bon Bon, which is kind of funny, but it's really weird in its own way. I mean, the Duke de Leomalette, I know I pronounced that wrong, but whatever, the Devil in the Belfry, the Man That Was Used Up, the Pit and the Pendulum, the Black Cat, the Oblong Box, the Telltale Heart, Lander's Cottage, and there's just, this is a minor amount of the stuff that he worked on. And these are just a minute amount of the different genres, because each one's a different genre. Some are satire, some are humor, some are comedy, some are sci-fi, some are detective mysteries, and they all work so well. They have a distinct style, which is specifically Edgar Allan Poe's. And I'm not going to lie, I didn't read every single poem, every single story, but I went through a lot of it, because a lot of it is really well written. Some, it's kind of difficult and hard to go through. I'm not going to lie. I had a lot of trouble with the anacrostic 
and Al Aralef. I mean, some were just, I don't know if it was just the, the age difference, but I just couldn't get into it. Now, the one thing which I have to admit is really interesting about his work is that his humor is really weird. I mean, one of the stories is about this guy who ends up running into the devil, and, you know, he's talking to the devil, and he's drunk, and the devil's talking to him about how he's, you know, he goes to get souls and this, that, and the guy even says, hey, you want to have my soul? And the devil's like, yeah, no, fuck you, you're drunk, go away, I don't deal with that. And then the guy gets pissed off, he's going to throw a bottle at the devil, and something falls on his head and he gets knocked out. The end. And this is supposed to be humor. Right. I know you're like, wait, what? <laughs> it's kind of what the fuck. I mean, another one is about there's a town that there's a bell. They're obsessed with this bell, and a devil goes up to the belfry, and... Now, I know I am probably reading too literally into this, and I'm going to have to think very abnormally and just think out of the box, but I couldn't with some of these stories because it is kind of hard to just go through it in general. I was happier with his stories like The Black Cat, where the which is very similar to the Telltale Heart and the Gold Bug and the Oblog Box. And, of course, the Telltale Heart is a classic. I mean, it was even parodied in The Simpsons. A lot of stuff has been parodied in The Simpsons, which I like. But it just seems like he's very... He takes that sense and he makes it very... The depressingness, and he turns it into something very different. That's probably why he's such a long-lasting author that even today we still talk about his work, that we read his work. All of the influences you could see now through his work is very intriguing. I mean, the fact that the murder at the Rue Morgue, a story about a guy trying to figure out this murder, and he's able to tell that it was done by an orangutan. I don't know if this he's going very Lovecraftian, where an orangutan means something else. I don't know. But it worked. And it was intriguing, and it was gripping. It was like reading an Arthur Cohen Doyle story. It worked. He's a great detective writer. Now, if he had not died by however he died, it was suicide, rabies, whatever they said it was, I think he would have been a lot better working in the detective fiction world and writing a bunch of these stories because it's pretty cool. You would have loved to have seen what he would have done if they gave him more time. Besides that, I can't really go into a lot of the stories. We'll be here for nine hours. So, overall, Edgar Allan Poe's complete stories and poems the poems, with the exception of The Raven, for the most part, I was not a fan of. But the tales, the stories themselves, are really cool and very intriguing. Some are a little hard to get into, but they are a great read. If you have someone who likes the macabre, who loves horror, definitely check it out. Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. I think that's it for this episode, because, well, I'm... Going to have to go to work in a little bit, and I want to be able to chill for a bit. I want to get this out of the way beforehand, because I also got to get ready to read the next book, which is a classic from when I was in school, and I think you guys have to read it. There's a movie with Leonardo DiCaprio, which came out, which I actually have never seen. I may watch the movie beforehand to get into it, but we're talking about The Great Gatsby. So if you have never read The Great Gatsby, check it out, read it, and email me. Sparkin.gmail.com or zansparkin.com with what you thought about the story. Also, before I forget, go to our iTunes page and please like us. Leave some comments. Leave some stars. I'd appreciate it if you like putting something in our tip jar. Thank you, guys. Uh, I will see you guys soon. We got some movie reviews, some manga reviews, and some other stuff coming out. And I'm also looking at a new co-host. 
don't worry, Baz hasn't left yet. He's just taking a little hiatus because of family stuff. But, you know, we're going to get some more people. Either way, you know the drill. Remember, sparkin.gmail.com or zansparker.com. Check out the website, www.sparker.com. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on all those lovely social media sites. And thanks again. I'll catch you guys next time. Later. Once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered weak and weary over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore, while I nodded, nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping as of someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. To some visitor, I muttered, tapping at my chamber door, only this and nothing more. Ah, distinctly I remember it was in the bleak December, and each separate dying ember wrought its ghost upon the floor. Eagerly I wished the morrow. Vainly I had sought to borrow from my books surcease of sorrow, sorrow for the lost Lenore, for the rare and radiant maiden whom the angels name Lenore, nameless here forevermore. And the silken, sad, uncertain rustling of each purple curtain thrilled me, filled me with fantastic terrors never felt before, so that now, to still the beating of my heart, I stood repeating to some visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door, some late visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door. This it is, and nothing more. Presently, my soul grew stronger. Hesitating then no longer, sir, said I, or madam, truly, your forgiveness I implore, but the fact is, I was napping. And so gently you came rapping, and so faintly you came tapping, tapping at my chamber door, that I scarce was sure I heard you. Here, I opened wide the door. Darkness there. Nothing more. Deep into that darkness peering. Long I stood there wondering, fearing, doubting, dreaming dreams no mortal ever dared to dream before, but the silence was unbroken, and the stillness gave no token, and the only word there spoken was the whispered word, Lenore. This I whispered, and an echo murmured back the word, Lenore. Merely this, nothing more. Back into the chamber turning, all my soul within me burning. Soon again, I heard a tapping somewhat louder than before. Surely, said I, surely that is something at my window lattice. Let me see then what thereat is and this mystery explore. But my heart is still a moment. And this mystery explore, tis the wind. And nothing more. Open here, I flung the shutter. When, with many a flirt and flutter, in there stepped a stately raven of the saintly days of yore. 
not the least obeisance, maybe, not a minute stopped or steady, but with mien of lord or lady perched above my chamber door, perched upon a bust of palace, just above my chamber door, perched and sat, nothing more. Then, this ebony bird beguiling my sad fancy into smiling, by the grave and stirred decorum of the countenance it wore. Though thy crest be shorn and shaven, thou, I said, art sure not craven, ghastly, grim, and ancient raven, wandering from the nightly shore. Tell me what thy lordly name is on the night's Plutonian shore, quoth the raven. Nevermore. Much I marvel this ungainly foul to hear discourse so plainly, though its answer little meaning, little relevancy bore, for we cannot help agreeing that no living human being ever yet was blessed with seeing bird above his chamber door, bird or beast, upon the sculpted bust, upon his chamber door, with such a name as nevermore. But the raven, sitting lonely on the pallet bust, spoke only that one word, as if his soul in that one word he did outpour. Nothing farther than he uttered, not a feather than he fluttered, till I scarcely more than muttered, other friends have flown before. On the morrow, he will leave me, as my hopes have flown before. Then, the bird said, Startled by the stillness broken by reply so aptly spoken. Doubtless said I, what it utters is its only stock and store, caught from some unhappy master whom unmerciful disaster followed fast and followed faster till his songs one burden bore, till the dirges of his hope that melancholy burden bore of never, never more. But the raven, Still beguiling all my fancy into smiling, straight I wield a cushioned seat in front of bird and bust and door. Then, upon the velvet sinking, I betook myself to linking fancy unto fancy, thinking what this ominous bird of yore, what this grim, ungainly, ghastly, gaunt, and ominous bird of yore meant in croaking nevermore. This I sat engaged in guessing. But no syllable expressing to the fowl whose fiery eyes now burned into my bosom's core. This and more I sat divining, with my head at ease reclining on the cushion's velvet lining that the lamplight gloated o'er, but whose velvet violet lining with the lamplight gloating o'er she shall press on evermore. Then methought the air grew denser, perfumed from an unseen censer swung by seraphim whose footfalls tinkled on the tufted floor. Wretch, I cried, thy God hath lent thee. By these angels he hath sent thee respite, respite and nepenthe from the memories of Lenore. Quaff, O oh, quaff this kind nepenthe, and forget this lost Lenore, quoth the raven. Nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil, prophet still a bird or devil. Whether tempter sent, or whether tempest tossed thee here ashore, desolate, yet all undaunted, on this desert land enchanted, on this home by horror haunted, tell me, truly I implore, is there, is there balm in Gilead? Tell me, tell me, I implore, quoth the raven, nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil, prophet, still a bird or devil, 
by that heaven that bends above us, by that God we both adore. Tell this soul with sorrow laden, if within the distant Aden it shall clasp a sainted maiden whom the angels name Lenore. Clasp a rare and radiant maiden whom the angels name Lenore, quoth the raven. Nevermore. Be that word our sign of parting, bird or fiend, I shrieked up starting. Get thee back into the tempest, and the night's plutonian shore. Leave no black plume as a token of that lie thy soul had spoken. Leave my loneliness unbroken, quit the bust above my door, take thy beak from out my heart, and take thy form from off my door, quoth the raven, nevermore. And the raven, never flitting, still is sitting, still is sitting, on the pallid bust of the palace just above my chamber door, and his eyes have all the seeming of a demon's that is dreaming. And the lamplight o'er him streaming throws his shadow on the floor. And my soul, from out that shadow that lies floating on the floor, shall be lifted 